0: May, I have, May the envelope, I have the envelope, please? please. And the splendid blowhole goes, ho- goes too. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the Splendid Bohemians are back, and this program is called And the Splendid Boho Goes to, where we award, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Applause is everything in this business, where we award a character actor of note, someone who took a great film, and made it even greater by their presence, if it is even possible. And um, we have an interesting one for you today, an interesting film, interesting cast, and uh, an interesting recipient of the Splendid Boho Award. So welcome back, gang. It is a pleasure to have you with us. Bill Nesnick in California, Rich Buckland in Florida, and uh, hey, Bill, have you seen any good films lately? Uh, any any recent it, good well, films? Well, I saw one of the most memorable
0: films you know I've ever seen, thanks to your guidance. It's White Heat. White Heat, directed by Raoul Walsh, the Warner Brothers, nineteen forty nine. Dig this cast. Starring the great Jimmy Cagney.
1: Starring the great now. Yankee Doodle Dandy was Jimmy's song and dance triumph. He won the Oscar for that, did he not?
0: Yes, and you make an interesting point by bringing that up. That's kind of um, a central theme to why the background information of why he did White Heat. And, And the first thing that kind of Confused me a little As the credits come up And I see 1949 And I'm going 1949? That's late Um, You know And then I kind of Went to my Google Yeah, of course The great string Of gangster films That he made For Warner Brothers Was over a decade Earlier And he tried Like hell to break that mold, Um, and Yankee Doodle Dandy was the apotheosis of that effort, where he got to show his vaudevillian song and dance brilliance, and he was recognized for that. And yet, here we are in 1949, he's going back to the gangster genre, against his will. He did it for the money, he said turns out to be one of the greatest films ever made and you asked me have you ever seen white heat now you know i mean i have this uh cultural detritus like swimming through my brain and i said top of the world ma because i'd seen that iconic ending Maiden, ma! of the- That's it. That's that's it. But I haven't seen the whole film, so I I saw, I sat and watched the whole thing from beginning to end, and, and it is
1: astounding. Yeah, Cagney's portrayal, and you're right, he goes full circle. He goes from the character that made him famous in the film *Public Enemy* in the '30s, in the early '30s, to Cody Jarrett much more sociopathic than the character that made him famous in
0: Right. And the thing about it is the thing about it is you're rooting for the gangster the whole time.
1: Yeah, it's it's really you know Edmund O'Brien
0: as the as the you know, the inside cop guy who you hate him. You hate him. And right up to the very end you want him to get it.
1: And the writers, Ivan Goff and Ben Roberts they're, they're the ones who suggested him for the lead, and they said there was only one man who can play Cody Jarrett and make the rafters rock. That's the words they used, make the rafters rock.
0: Can yeah, it- talk about making the rafters rock in that prison meal uh, scene, where he gets the news that his mother dies, they ha- he had a pact with the director, they didn't tell the extras what was going to happen. He goes nuts and he dives across the table you know and starts <laughs> having a mad dog tantrum you know and nobody knew that this was going to happen
1: no that's a great yeah. tale of, uh, of cinema Jack Warner is the gentleman uh, who came up with that idea Um, he he understood the nature of, you know, of Jack Warner. These early Hollywood producers had this this finger on a pulse of uh, of storylines and uh, great talent that somehow we don't we we see it but we see it in a whole different way everything is gauged differently now
0: but you don't think of cagney as a method actor you know no. improvising that intense
1: no. scene i mean what balls he was always in control up until the very last film 123 directed by billy wilder which is a comedy you can see the control the professionalism the he was a master Master at what he did, um, I I really don't believe even later in life, in ragtime, I don't think he's given enough credit for that particular performance, the Milos Foreman performance. You know, that was a
0: that was kind of a uh, I don't want to say sad, but
1: it was know, yes, just, but yeah. it, it's it's no fun getting old. And no one was trying to trick anybody, particularly mm-hmm. James Cagney. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the man who, right before he passed away, winked. Just winked at his wife. He winked? He winked. And then he, then he Oh, I love us. that. Yeah, he I love w- that. He winked. Um, but oh. he
0: started his own production company. He made, he made um, a film of, of the Soroyan uh Play Time of Your Life. Time of Your Life, yeah. He was working very hard to change that gangster image. But then he he goes back because he needs the, he said, I did it for the M O N E Y. And Cody, as you say, Cody Jarrett, now in 1949, the, the psychological portrayal of the gangster had changed so much to the point where. You know these um, the, the, the madness that he was able to uh, portray with these head seizures and you know the in, incipient insanity um, made him a tragic figure. Um, but anyway,
1: what we have done though sw- though is we have run we have gone we have run a field of the actual Right. recipient of this award and there so is the a
0: splendid boho we're awarding the splendid boho now I just there, to there's, a there's a story
1: yes you want to start I, I will start and then you, you you will you will enter i felt the cast of white heat oh this is an interesting comment that i think you'll appreciate uh about jack warner made by jimmy cagney I used to like to walk out on him, frankly, whenever my contract didn't suit me. I'd cuss him out in Yiddish, which I'd learned from <laughs> Jewish friends in my days at Stuyvesant High School. Drove him wild. Why'd he say he'd yell? Why'd he just call me? So Cagney <laughs> liked to play with the, uh, with the studio bigwigs. So here's your cast of White Heat. Jimmy Cagney, Virginia Mayo... Edmund O'Brien. Okay, now Virginia Mayo is Verna Jarrett, Cody's wife. Edmund O'Brien is Hank Fallon, alias Vic Pardo, who was placed undercover to capture Cody Jarrett. Margaret Wykerley as Ma Jarrett. Witcherly. Witcherly. Wh- Witcherly. I'm so sorry. Margaret Witcherly as Ma Jarrett. Um a character based Steve in part Cochran. based in part on Mob Barker of yes. the Barker gang Steve Cochran as Big Ed Summers
0: now, who was, that's the guy you wanted to give the splendid boho to
1: that's the actor I've seen White Heat and I'm not exaggerating I've seen it literally a hundred times every time I see White Heat The character of Big Ed seemed to be that wavering, wild, sick leaf in the wind that could make things even crazier, more homicidal, more dangerous. He provided this tension with his very presence, as he did in many films that he participated in. He had a personal- no, no,
0: no disrespect. So I'm watching this film thinking, okay, we're going to do Steve Cochran. We're going to feature Steve Cochran. And he is brilliant. He's playing um, Big Ed with this kind of greasy confidence. And he's, he's, he's really, he's very, there's, he seems to have a secret life, which is really intriguing and interesting. But as I'm watching the film- I'm going, who is the old lady who's playing the mother? And the, the mother, she is the central image of the film. She, in that scene where he has his, the seizure the first time and she pulls him into the other room and gives him a drink and says, you know, and the, she says, top of the world, you know, when he, when he drinks the drink. And then at the end, he's on the, at his, his Oedipal obsession with his mother. I mean, it's all about, this woman is driving me insane. Mm. Hmm. Mm. It's going?
1: Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. It's like having a, it's like having a red hot buzzsaw inside my head. Mm. No. No, not yet, son. Hmm? Don't let them see you like that. Might give some of them ideas. Hmm. Always thinking about your Cody, aren't you? That's right. Hmm. Top of the world, son. Don't know what I'd do without you, Ma. Hmm. Better? Hmm. Yeah. Now go on out. Show them you're all right.
0: With this performance, and it's scene after bravura, scene, and I'm going, it's gotta be Margaret Witcherly. You know, Steve Cochran is basically playing um, an archetypical character in a personal way, but I've never seen, there's very few um, older women given this type of Uh, opportunity and she grabs it she grabs it that scene where she's uh, being chased followed by the cops and she's driving and she leads them on this (laughs) yeah yeah. goose chase and she escapes I mean and then later when they arrest her and she's being interrogated by the cops and she's like you can't you got nothing on me you know it's like yeah This woman is fantastic. So I looked her up. Margaret Witcherly, born 1881, and she lived in 1956.
1: She was- um, She's in London, um, she's an English actress, not an American. She was English, yeah. Yeah.
0: And uh, made her bones on the stage primarily. Didn't get her first film role until she was in her 50s. Uh, But then made up for it. She played um, Gary Cooper's mother in, in Sergeant York. And um, did some other things. But this was the highlight of her career, playing Ma in White Heat. And it is not to be missed.
1: So here's what I find interesting. This was your first viewing, and I've seen it from the time it first was televised on Million Dollar Movie in New York. I was probably eight years old. They would show films during that period twice a day, sometimes three times a day on WOR, I would watch it incessantly. I was obsessed with that movie. It was not until our conversation that I was able to take the blindfold off due to my other obsession, which is the nature of the Hollywood character actor and how some of them have mythologically informed me and Steve Cochran is one of those actors. Right,
0: I, and oh, that's a very interesting point and I'll let you continue with that. The fact that Steve Cochran uh, died the way he did and, and the myth that surrounds his life uh, definitely mixed in with your appreciation of, of the work.
1: It definitely, later of course. But in the beginning, I think when I first saw the film, I saw her more of a cartoonish character. I was Mm. familiar with the legend of Ma Barker from comic books and from magazines, uh, true detective magazines as a kid. And so therefore, I did not embrace the culture of what she was doing, the art of what she inhabited in that film. I was more transfixed by the, Quentin Tarantino's got this great line in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where he says, Edmund O'Brien's the guy that told him you gotta buy property. <laughs> so it's these old Hollywood guys
0: that always- I did a play with Edmund O'Brien's daughter.
1: Oh, did you really?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was great. Really
1: enjoyed working with her. Does she still work? Maria. Maria? Maria. Yeah. At- and she uses Maria O'Brien. Mm-hmm. That's yep. that's 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 fascinating. Did would she talk about her dad?
0: A little bit, a little bit. But you know, I mean, we she uh, she played my wife in a play, and um, we 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 had a good time. She was great.
1: I mean, there's another example of one of those legendary uh, actors of the period that transfixed me, even as a kid.
0: Yeah, I like I like Edmund O'Brien, especially like DoA. Um, Yeah, that's amazing uh,
1: performance. Yeah, but I hated him in this. Hated him. Well, he he doesn't. There is a as you had suggested. There, I didn't hate his performance. I hated you hated hated him the character. You hated um, Vic Pardo. First of all, you got the impression that no matter how sick Cody Jarrett was, there was an entrapment going on here.
0: Oh, the worst! The worst entrapment. (laughs) He made he made Cody his friend. He makes uh, a so a guy who's
1: sociopathic. He makes him his friend. Exactly. You know, there. You know, Sirhan Sirhan is getting better uh, reviews than Cody Jarrett (laughs) got back in the day. Uh, What I when I first went to Hollywood, the people that I made a point of wanting to meet first were not musicians. They were not uh, artists. They were the film actors I grew up with on television. So my first encounters are with gentlemen like George Raft, Phil Silvers, Larry Parks. So Steve Cochran, the legend of Steve Cochran, had always remained with me ever since a child. Want some coffee, Ed? Thanks, Bruna. Let him get it himself. My wife don't wait on nobody. So before we go into the uh, before we go into the uh, devastating end that Steve met, uh, his beginnings were interesting. He worked as a carpenter and a department store detective, uh, and he worked in Summerstock. He was he worked. Shakespeare Fest, the Shakespeare Festival in Carmel, where he played Orsino in Twelfth Night and Malcolm in Macbeth, Horatio in Hamlet, and he played the title in Richard the Third. And um, then Sam Goldwyn. I mean, you take one look at Steve Cochran, and uh, there will be pictures attached to this podcast. But look up a good photograph of Steve Cochran. He was one of the. Uh, more handsome Hollywood uh, Yeah, he was a good-looking guy. It's It's funny, I kept
0: thinking, I don't know why, I kept thinking, flashing on Sheldon Leonard. Really? Yeah, he reminded me of Sheldon Leonard.
1: I never saw Sheldon Leonard, part of him is a... uh, I know. Tall, tall, dark, um, and handsome. Sheldon Leonard. The young Sheldon Leonard. Sheldon Leonard. For those in the audience who might have forgotten, Sheldon Leonard is mostly known today as a uh, old school Hollywood producer who was no longer with us. Right. Sheldon Leonard. Oh, I haven't heard. But he that. played
0: tough guys. He played tough guys. Yes, he did. As a young.
1: He played. Actor. Tough. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. But Goldwyn, Sam Goldwyn, signed him, and he put him in Wonder Man with Danny Kaye and Virginia Mayo and. Uh, uh, he played Boston Blackie in Blackie's Rendezvous. He was in The Gay Senorita with Jinx Falkenberg, who I was in rehab with, by the way, when I was a teenager. Ah, oh, yes. Yes. Um, and, of course, that little role in Best Years of Our Lives made a uh, made a. But more of a difference than you might imagine. That got him a. Oh, su- I can, yeah, I can think so. Yeah. Got him a supporting role with Groucho Marx in Copacabana, so he had done a lot of work. But there was something about him that always nudged my senses, and I did a a deep dive into Steve Cochran before there was even internet, and had discovered that on June fifteenth, nineteen sixty five, at the age of forty eight, he died on a yacht off the coast of Guatemala and he had an acute lung infection but that's not really the story the story is his body was found along with three Mexican uh, youngsters females aged 14 19 and 25 and they were on board for 10 days because those young women did not know how to work a boat they drifted to shore in uh Port Champarico, Guatemala and was found by authorities. He was a notorious womanizer. He attracted tabloid attention the way uh, a Kardashian would in in, in this day and age. Um, He had a tumultuous private life which included affairs with Mamie Van Doren uh, and all of the usual suspects of the day. And he was in trouble with the cops a number of times, including assault and reckless driving. So yes, Steve Cochran was a troubled character, and I knew a troubled character when I saw one, even when I was eight years old. And he impacted me. Isn't that isn't that interesting?
0: It is interesting. And uh, as I said, I was watching the film with the intention of uh, you know profiling Mr. Cochran, but Margaret Witcherly uh, grabbed the uh, spotlight and wouldn't let go. And uh, so we're going to give the splendid boho, boho to the, um, the masterful uh, Margaret Witcherley Absolutely. For performance as Ma.
1: Absolutely. And as you had mentioned, she had a splendid stage career, which included Tobacco Road, six characters in search of an author, the 13th chair. Uh, Which was
0: written for her by her husband.
1: That is correct. That is correct. And the man with a cloak and Johnny Angel with one of my favorites, George Raft. Nice. Yes, yes. And she passed on June the 6th, 1956 in New York at the age of 74. Some of her film, her film credits are, are, are actually quite interesting. Um... They range from 1915 to 1953. So
0: Mm -hmm. she had this- I think she personifies the type of actor that we are talking about here. She was a character actor. Yes, absolutely. And she worked her whole life um, for the benefit of the stage and, and the screen. Yes,
1: yes. Her first film was called The Fight in 1915. Uh, and her final film was called The President's Lady in 1953, where she played a character named Mrs. Robarts. But she had about 20, 25 film performances, including Johnny Angel, The Yearling, which was another uh, million dollar movie that was shown three times a day once oh, sure, yeah. once it got, you know, syndicated rights uh, Something in the Wind The Man with a Cloak and uh, of course as you mentioned she plays Mother York opposite Gary Cooper in Sergeant York so the splendid boho goes to Margaret Witcherly Margaret Witcherly by way of William Mesnick, another thespian of masterful presence and aptitude. And I thank she you. She is when
0: you, you know, she is the the only the centrifugal center of white heat. Top of the world ma, top of the world ma and As he commits the most spectacular suicide on celluloid.
1: In the history, in the history of film. So if you have not seen White Heat, it is rentable on Prime. Sometimes Netflix will get it or Hulu, uh, or it'll appear on Turner Classic Movies, which I think is subscription now. Everything's subscription. They make you pay for everything. But Prime, I believe it's, it was like three bucks, right? In yeah. Three bucks. Yeah. And well worth it. Well worth it is right especially if you haven't seen it in many years and wish to review this masterpiece um, and boy that is a term that gets thrown around way too much you take a look at this beauty and you see a masterpiece one interesting thing I wanted to throw in in that mess hall scene that you had so beautifully depicted where Cody goes insane when he's told his mother had died one of the uh, extras in the mess hall was Jim Thorpe. Oh, wow. Jim Thorpe, the All-American. Nice. Who had a motion picture. Doing some movie work. Doing some movie work. He, interestingly enough, he had a movie made of his life called Jim Thorpe, <laughs> All-American. And, and there is, is an extra. There, There is an extra. So, boy, fame is a fickle mistress, <laughs> is it not? It is fickle. It is fickle, my friend. Well, this, we have given another splendid boho, and it is our pleasure to do so to honor and pay tribute to these greats of. And they're not just greats of the past; they're greats of the present because when you are in the presence, in the moment of these films, you are there now. That's the magnificence yes, about you it. You are in. You're reliving. You are re-li- It's happening as you are viewing yes. it, and that's the wonder yep. about the recorded nature of film uh, and, and music, uh, it is with us eternally. That's why things like the universal fire are so so dramatically hard, things that were pieces of, of artistic merit gone forever, just as they did with old television videotape to, to save on expenses. They just taped over programs that we'll never get to see. Yeah. you know per- yeah, yeah. performances Horrible. that uh, you know are, are, are for the ages. So we should be thankful for the restoration program that allows much of the celluloid to survive and the recording resources and uh, committees that allow recordings to be upgraded so we can hear them in, uh, as they are meant to be heard. Or in some cases, if you listen to an old spider Spiderbeck 78, that's the way it was meant to be heard crack the crackle and all Mm -hmm. and the splendid boho will next go to well we're not going to tell you we don't know yet because we have to you know we don't we we don't do this easy we 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 think about these things so we will catch you soon with another episode of this and please don't forget to uh, catch us on uh, put on a stack of 45 the show that gives you a uh, 45 rpm of merit and we'll uh, we will take a spin around the uh, block with it and uh, give you some information you may not have known. And of course, there's Captain Billy's Magic Eight Ball, where Bill delves into his eight-track collection and he gives us some insight with the entire high-definition album for your uh, for your uh, enjoyment, for the splendor of it all, as we might say. So, my friend, any parting words?
0: No, I, other than thank you for um, introducing me to this great experience of White Heat and Margaret Witcherly,
1: And I thank you for enlightening me to the true essence of this that it took. Um, if I figure that I was eight when I first saw the film, I will be 70 in January. Um, I did not identify her until you enthusiastically defined her, well, you know, we, her we contribution. put it uh,
0: one of the bywords for this series is uh, a performance without which the film would not be as great. Yeah. And yeah. when you have a guy whose final line is top of the world, Ma, you want, you know, the woman playing Ma is essential.
1: Yes, yes. And I had always determined that the linchpin was and in a way it is Cody's wife in the film yes, that kills right. his mother it yeah, is I not mean, big yeah. ed
0: yeah big ed
1: but big he ed is
0: is a bastard he steals Cody's wife and she's she has no loyalty and um, yeah it's 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 nasty business
1: so it's all connected so Ma yes, all connected. and and uh, Cody's wife. It's a and, very well written script. Yes, it is. It is very well written, and uh, there's something about it, even with the ancient electronics and surveillance used in those days.
0: Oh, I love that! I love the, that The high right. technology. The, of the day.
1: The high technology of the day as they're <laughs> as they're using their radar to follow the vehicles. And the, the oscillator. The oscillator, <laughs> and uh, I love how they they. And do, the
0: car phones and the, know, really great and stuff.
1: the the idea of um of getting of using the tanker as a way for the gang to yes. mm-hmm. make their way into the big heist
0: yeah there's all these kind of for the day 1949 i'm sure this was like super high tech
1: yeah super high tech and and, and wonderfully wonderfully written. um and it just, it just flashed through my mind. Have you had the opportunity to read Quentin Tarantino's book, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I have not yet. When you get around to it, there are stories in there that are reminders of the greatness of that period uh, and the wonders. It, it, it is no wonder that a young man like Tarantino was, uh, became obsessive about it and created a career Wherein now he has jumped to the the fifth, defined as the fifth finest uh, director of, uh, of our time.
0: Uh, no dispute.
1: Another list. Another list. Another list. But we're going to make our own list. I'm going to put, let's say I need some milk. I need some eggs. <laughs> I need some grapes. Yes, I'm going to make a list. We love you, gang. Thank you so much for spending time with us. This is Rich Buckland with his partner, compadre Bill Mesnick. And uh, this has been, and the splendid boho goes to, we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, and good night. Well, this next Cagney-Walsh collaboration, White Heat, is loosely based on the famous Ma Barker gang, with Cagney at 50, still a mama's boy, to a crusty old nightmare of a mother named Ma Jarrett. Her son a homicidal time bomb ready to explode at any moment. Well, here it is from 1949 with a cast that also includes Virginia Mayo, Edmund O'Brien, Steve Cochran, and it's Cagney's creepy mother, the same woman who played Gary Cooper's very dear sweet mom a few years earlier in Sergeant York. Her name, Margaret Witcherly. Here's White Heat.